Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's supposed to be compelling radio, and uh, maybe we got a little bit of lack going on. I don't know. Let's uh, quickly do this. Second Hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, momentarily, we'll head back to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. Uh, keep texting us. I am going to get to a couple texts before I re-engage Mark Spector. The text line is on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing you winning results for 35 years. Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Um, Stamkos is out. Uh, it looks like Hedman uh, took the pregame skate. Uh, we'll wait and see whether or not there's verification that he's in. Dougie Hamilton returns. Uh, do you have a uh, Cody, do you got an update on that front regarding uh, is Hedman going to play? Nope. Hedman is um, oh actually yes. Hedman's in. Stamkos is out. Sorry. Yeah, so Hedman is in, Stamkos is out, uh, Tampa Bay about to play Columbus. Uh, Dougie Hamilton expected to play for Carolina against Boston. That's a tough matchup for Boston. That perfection line, Mark Spector referenced uh, the play of Bergeron, uh, you know, great leader to lead from. Boston's been awful through the round robin. We'll see if they elevate come playoff time. Uh, the line of... Um, um, Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand combined for one point in the three. I know they were just round robin games, uh, but one point in the three games. Uh, Toffoli and Furlan out for the Canucks against St. Louis. Don't have an update yet on Sagan and Bishop. That's your injury report for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. All right, I will get Mark in, but i got to bang off a ton here. Here we go. Rugged from Saskatoon. Bear Nurse, should they need to be the top pair next year. If you change small, you're not going to move the needle. Uh, you're right. The time is for the Oilers to sell high. They need to trade Clefbaum to Montreal for Gallagher. Okay, rugged. Then Connor and Leon would have somebody who's uh, been a great leader, an emotional leader, a general. Taze was ready to fight Neil, and Taze won the battle versus Dreisaitl to score a goal. Then Taze pushed a rookie off the puck and set up a series winning goal. Connor and Leon got all the talent in the world, but he got to get in the mud sometimes. Gallagher will show them how to bring it uh, and bring it in the right way. That's all I want to say. Thanks for the great debate with you and Spec. I love Brandon Gallagher, rugged from Saskatoon, as much as anybody. I would not trade him for Oscar Clefbaum. Oscar Clefbaum plays 25 minutes a game. Maybe he should only play 23, but he's a $4.2 million cap hit for three more years. Gallagher coming up next year is in the last year of his deal at $3.7 million. I'd love to get Gallagher. I just don't want to use Clefbaum to get it. Um, 
This number comes in. Regular seasons are padded by playoff teams ballooning their stats off non-playoff teams. It'd be interesting to see how the Oilers power play stats against teams currently in the playoffs. They were at 41% in the series before game four. Okay? And it needs to be duly noted. The power play let them down at critical times, uh, though Drake Kajula sold a call when the Oilers had the five-minute major. So lots coming in. Uh, Bob, the biggest question is why did Tippett break up the top two lines that got us to where we were the whole year? Too many men on the ice is a coach's responsibility, just asked Don Sherry. When the Bruins were called in the playoff game against uh, the Habs and Lafleur scored on the power play. We bring back Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Mark, your thoughts on Dave Tippett's decision uh, to wait until the, f- the final seven minutes of game four to re-engage the line of New Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and Yamamoto. Well, the the stats say that, that they didn't do well. Uh, the Oilers' record wasn't great with uh, Nugent Hopkins playing in the left wing with uh, McDavid. But you know what? That's one of those things where there's probably some internal things that maybe we don't know about, you know? Um, does Connor McDavid, you know, let's say this. If they have four top six players, and I think that's fair, Bob, Yep. McDavid, Drysaddle, Yamamoto, and Nugent Hopkins. Uh, you know, I would look at it and say, why are we deploying three on one line and one on the other? So, okay. you know, I don't. Uh, uh, to me, it goes back to this. It doesn't. It, 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 it's they didn't lose the series because they didn't score enough goals, Bob. They averaged four goals a game. That's plenty. That's yeah. plenty of goals. There's any argument that starts with the Oilers needed to score more goals is a flawed argument. So, who cares who the lines were? They scored four goals a night. That was plenty. Okay. Your point was that their top players didn't lead them to victory, I believe. You said that's why they lost the series. Yeah, because it, the, the crucial, there was two game-winning goals when Leon Dreisaitl was on the ice. One of them leaving Kubalik wide open to score the goal. The other yeah, one, he, both, he made both a bat- occasions, losing the draw to Jonathan Tapes. And, uh, you know, it's great Sorry, to what score was goals early in the game. But when there's a few minutes left and your guy's scoring the winner, that's the most important goal of the game. I, I do think that Dreisaitl needs Nugent Hopkins more in terms of support than McDavid does. I, I, I would say that. I know we had Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood guy, on yesterday, and he made a strong case that the, the Nugent Hopkins... McDavid line actually killed it 5v5 uh, in terms of scoring chances for and against. Um, all right, Mark, so let's let's take this. We, we talked a bit about the, the goaltending. We talked about the defense. I personally think that they need to change the complexion. of the de- and, and here's the problem that I actually have for this. I kind of feel bad for Russell and Benning because I think Matt Benning has given you exactly what you've asked out of him over the last four years. But the coaches don't want to seem to play him more than 12 or 13 minutes. And he needs to be qualified at like $2.2 million. Uh, you know, because he's got to get a raise at his 1.95. And, and if they're not going to play him higher than the third, third pairing, that's, that's going to, and, and to this point, maybe he hasn't proven that he can play higher than that. That's going to make that a tad problematic. Uh, Chris Russell for me gave, he might have been the Oilers' best defenseman in the series against Chicago. Like he was a pretty consistent player. The will was there. And the headiness was there as well. He brought it. He was a very, he played, he did all the hard, ugly things that need to get done in the playoffs. He might be the only Oilers player I would say that about, yeah. Yeah, well, there there might be some people that, again, would defend specifically the captain. I'm, I'm here to tell you that, Mark, based on what I'm seeing on the text line. Um, fans, Bob. Everyone loves Connor McDavid. I get it. 
But I think the fans have to look at Connor McDavid at both ends. Well, I, I think some of the fans, Mark, are capable of looking at the fact that the team's not a finished product and 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 it think. And, and thinking that, you know what, while you can hold uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl to be more accountable uh, for some of the defensive zone responsibilities, this, blaming them for a loss in a series in which Edmonton had the worst save percentage of any goaltending in the National Hockey League, some fans would say, you know, Mark, goaltending might have been a bit of a factor. Some would look at the defense and watching Oscar Kleffbaum and Darnell Nurse flounder under stress in the series and say, you know, their best defensemen weren't good enough in this series. And I wouldn't give up, Mark, I wouldn't give up on either defenseman, okay? But some would say those guys would need to be better. And then some would also say, where was the support coming in the second-slash-third lines with guys that had opportunities to play some minutes? I mean, some might say that. Let me ask you this, okay? Do you think there's people that are, that are around the team, on the periphery, that maybe grew up in a different time, and forgot some of the hard lessons that the great Oilers teams of the 80s went through? Well, that's fair. And I think there's an impatience in Edmonton, too, that is well-earned, right? I don't blame Oilers fans for being impatient. Like, holy moly, are you kidding? So I think that it's easy for Oilers fans to overlook a lot of gains made in the regular season. Like, as a guy that covers the team, I, I, you know, I um, acknowledge all the different games they made in the regular season. I also am skipping to the playoff part pretty quickly because I'm sick of looking at regular seasons and saying, well, you know, they made some strides. We've been saying it for 15 years, right? It's time to make some strides in the postseason. So, you know, a normal team like the Rangers, they went out in three games, but everyone's looking at the Rangers going, hey, you know what, that rebuild, like they had a good team this year and it was a good season. And I get how Oilers fans aren't fixated on the 71 games here, and they're more fixated on the four. I, I get that, Bob. And I'm talking right. about, Mark, I'm talking about some of the media. Like, the, I, I remember when the Edmonton Oilers lost in 1981-82 to the LA Kings, a team that finished 48 points behind Edmonton. That Oilers team had seven future Hall of Famers on it. I look at this Oilers team right now, and McDavid and Dreisaitl have a chance to be Hall of Famers. That's it. That's all I see on this team right now is guys of that caliber. Maybe time, you know, maybe in time Darnell Nurse will progress. And because Edmonton wins three or four times and Darnell Nurse continues to grow, maybe we'll be talking about him as a Hall of Fame caliber yeah. defenseman. I don't think anybody's thinking. No one's thinking. So, again, in a five, Mark, like, it's a five-game series. The Oilers lost to the Kings. They weren't the Chicago Blackhawks with Jonathan Taze mentoring Kirby Dock and Duncan Keith playing 25 minutes. The, the Kings didn't have guys like that. And the great Oilers team that took a massive step forward in 81-82, right? They became a big-time team that year. Remember, the 81 playoffs, they upset Montreal. They were the 14th seed that year. If you prorate those 21 teams, Mark, in 1982 to the here and now, now, the Oilers would not have made the playoffs the last several years with that team, right? They would not have made the, hey, they finished 14th out of 21 teams. That's like finishing 20 out of 30 teams. You're outside the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? So that whole experience, like, well, and, and I'm saying that, you know, in a, the shorter the series, the greater the chance for the upset. So how do you equate some improvement during the course of the year? Because to me what's happened here is certain aspects of the team have been exposed and actually made the decision-making easier for the general manager, Mark. 
Well, exposed in a five-game series. So which side of the of the table are you on, Bob? Is a five-game series too short to make decisions? Or if you say things are exposed in a five-game series, maybe it's not too short to make decisions. That's a good question. You know, that's uh, why that's why Holland gets the big bucks here, right? Yeah. You've got to figure out what was real. So how do you how do you judge Oscar Clefbaum, who was brutal in the playoffs? We watched him for years here. He's a pretty good defenseman. He's not a number one defenseman in the NHL, but he's filling in as one pretty good. He's a good player. I'm not trading. He's got a great contract. All those things. What does a five, four game series where he never showed up say about him? I don't know what it says. Yeah, but he wasn't any good, and he's a leader, right? He's a leader. And Do you think? Let me let me rephrase the question, Mark. Let me rephrase because because Mark Messier scored fifty goals in eighty one eighty two. Wayne Gretzky had. 92 goals in 81-82. Were, do you recall, after the Oilers lost to L.A., were people questioning Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier after they lost to L.A. in that playoff oh series? God. Are we going back? What, let me do the math here now. That's that's 38 years. I'm asking you whether or not certain media people sat there and said, well, the problem is Messier and Gretzky weren't good enough. You know what, you know what certain media people in this town call that team, Bob? You'll remember. What was the line that came out of the media on that team in 1982? Was it was it the gutless or the... It was the, the weak-kneed wimps. The that weak... was what they called this. That was Terry Jones of the Edmonton Sun. Uh-huh. What a column, and the headline blared it. Weak-kneed wimps. That's yeah. what they said about this team in 1982, Bob. And uh, you know what? Some would, uh, I know a guy That's the who, who to your question. That's the answer I, you said. Did anyone? I played for. I played for a guy. I played for a guy the next year, Mark, who later was a longtime NHL scout, and he said to me, "The Oilers should trade Gretzky. They're never going to win with him." Oh, so that was a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I want to say trade McDavid. Believe me. Yeah. All right. All right. We're having some fun here. And again, I and I go. That's where it's tricky in this situation. Like I get the frustration with the fans. Um, I, I think there, to to me, what happened as a result of this, Mark, is some of the unfinished product in terms of the template of what the Edmonton Oilers need to get uh, build got exposed here. To me, that's what happened. To me, I sat there and looked at it. Yep, they got to change the D. They got to have a better transition defense. Okay, and you they got to have, be- have a better transition defense. I think they need to be able to have a defense that defends better. I'm not worried about getting the puck out of the zone as much as I'm worried about what happens when the puck's in. Mark, they had they had one defenseman that could consistently get the puck up the ice, and that was Bear, and then he got rattled in Game Four. But he's like that's the one guy that consistently zone exited the puck during the series. Okay, and what happened in the key the, moment when he was battling Jonathan Taze for a puck? He'd been oh, cross checked from behind, head first in Laborde's in the second period. Okay. He and he's a rookie. You know, listen, I, we're not here to bash Ethan Bear, but I, what I fear, Bob, and I'm going, I'm going straight back to Maple Leafs. Is defensemen are now becoming judged on how they, how they rush, they pass the puck up the ice, and how they how many points they get and how they zone exit. And we forget to look at how they play below their own hash marks. And again, it's still, all Mark. season long, all that other stuff is great, and it makes for great stats, and we add them all up, and we hand out contracts. But when it's 2-2 with seven minutes left in a playoff game, I need a guy that can handle himself below his hash marks. I don't care how he's going exit the puck at that moment. And Ethan Bear is a, probably a prime example of a kid that will get much better at it, but in the, the Ultimate moment in that game, Jonathan Tays took the puck from him, fed it to Kubelik, who had been abandoned by Dreisaitl, and they scored the winning goal. Right? 
in a game in which Bear was trying to fight through getting popped from behind, in the boards, struggling to... Okay, just Mark, Mark, here's the thing. The game has changed. You got to the more the less time you spend in your zone because you can exit it out of your zone, the better your team's going to be in. Nope. So the Oilers right now, how many guys you're truly comfortable with can get the puck up the ice right now out of their defense that they yeah, got not right enough now? Of them, that's for sure. And not that's enough. what I'm saying about the importance. I'm the one that's saying keep Larson because he can do some of those heavy things you're asking them to do. But I do think you need to change the complexion out on the back end. You got to find some. I think you need a different dynamic and goal. I'm sorry. Didn't happen for the, the combination of the two. Got to have a different d- dynamic. I'm on a different third-line center. There's going to be an opportunity for somebody to sign as a left wing as well. This well, has been a good a one. Third line, this team needs a third-line center. At this point, you know, I mean, who's their best face-off man? This, the, it seemed like Leon Dreisaitl was taking a lot of the key defensive zone draws at the end of games. And he was, he just flat out wasn't up to beating Jonathan Taze on those draws. So if you're going anywhere in the playoffs, I need someone, you gotta have someone like whoever is today's Manny Maholtra or one of those guys that you can put out for that draw and he can win the draw. Shane was, Shane was at 66% during the first three games and I hated his game. Okay, he did win draws, and I hated his game. Right. Because he, so did Tim. nothing That's was... That's why I wasn't taking the draws at the end of the last game, right? You know, Dreisaitl clear, clearly wins a draw in the first period against Hayes head-to-head. Clefbaum gets it, throws a pizza up the left side boards. Yeah. Athanasio doesn't fight through a check. Dreisaitl gets caught in no man's land. The puck gets directed back to the front of the net, and Clefbaum gets back to beat back to the front of the goal uh, by uh, Saad, who tries to wrap around. Nurse pin, or uh, Russell pinches from the backside, deflects the pocket and Lynette up and over uh, Koskin, who I still think maybe could have had it. I mean, it just it just was one of those series where Edmonton's inexperience showed, their immaturity showed at times, Mark, and areas of improvement became obvious. All right, I'm quick hitters, Mark, because we got to run here. Uh, does Ken Holland uh, Reese? He's not. It's not a question of qualifying. They can't qualify Athanasio at three million. Does Darren Ferris? And Ken Holland work out a deal uh, on a shorter term with a haircut for Athanasio? Um, that's a good question. You know, I think the orders are going to say yes. I think the orders will value his, the, what he adds to your team's speed, but I'm not in the, the kid's head. I don't know how his experience here was. I didn't love the way he played at all. So if, if he's willing to sign Eminent for one and a half, uh, it'll happen. But uh, if I'm his agent, I'm searching for more money than that. Okay. Um, Tyler Ennis, does he get re-signed? I would say yes. Okay. Uh, Bouchard or Broberg, who's more likely to be here next year? Boy, oh boy. Good question. Uh, Broberg. Will the goaltending combination of Koskinen and Smith be back next uh, season when we start up in 2021? Uh, well, obviously, Koskin is back, and Holland said today he's got to decide if it's going to be Smith or someone else. I don't see the someone else out there, Bob. Do you, uh, well, have, do you, do you make a trade for a guy like uh, Georgiev out of the Rangers? Well, maybe. You know what? That could be it. I think here's what I would say. If you can do something to help your future goaltending, because Smith, is, if he's here for one more year, it's his last. He's 38 years old. So, yeah, if you could do something to get a younger guy in to split with Koskinen, uh, Holland's doing that all day long. Mark, it was fun. 
And it's good we don't agree on everything. Take care. All right, Bobby. Take care. Mark Spector's appearance is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. A reminder, limited seating at Century Mile where they race live Friday and Sundays. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Japanese Village open a survey at any of their five Edmonton and area locations. With Alberta steak and seafood cooked right at your table, reservations now available. Go online at jvedmonton.ca. Off to a global news weather traffic update at 1.30. When we come back, uh, four guys that didn't know what they were talking about in the first round. My play-by-play partner Jack Michaels, Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports, Brendan S. Scott, myself with our round, I guess our opening playoff round predictions. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.